Fierce Fan Media. Come here. You into some BDSM over there? No, with my dog? (laughs) God, I hope. Get out of here. Come here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. She's so scared. Look at, she's got a fun necklace now. Aw, it's so cute. cute. She looks like, she's like a fancy lady. She always looks like a fancy lady. That's how she's designed. Yes, she never looks non-fancy. Yeah, that's the whole point of her. (laughs) It is the whole point of her. You know, they make other dogs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they come in other colors. I love that. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the weekly wind down. We've taken quite the hiatus. How do we do this? I'm Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I'm Stacy, the political princess. <laughs> Making out with Question her Question mark? I know, she's like pushing up against my face. <laughs> oh. I'm Erin, the geeky gal pal. You should, should just we, be uh, lucky I didn't say uh, what's Stacy's thing? New age <laughs> I can't even remember. Mom. Yeah, new age old school mom. <laughs> Should we do the whole episode in our uh, in our Florida biddies accents? Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, yeah, I would love probably. That. I love that for us. You know, <laughs> I love that wow. journey. Yeah, I think Aaron's <laughs> too stoned to do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I got it. I had to say Florida to get it. it. Florida. Florida. Words you got to say before you can see, you know sink into it. I needed to sink, sink, uh, right down to the bottom. So we were on a break because Aaron was out here visiting. Because we hate each other and we took a we were on a break. No, we would never. We would never. Never. Aaron had to come visit the vistas. Oh, it was oh. so beautiful. The, the beautiful, beautiful California vistas. vistas. Oh, it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Georgie uh, heard all about it when I got home. I'm sure she did. <laughs> Poor Georgie. <laughs> uh so tonight i am changing it up since no one here follows the rules um (laughs) i'm drinking a moscow mule ah right on yeah did you get that out of your your drink cooler i did because that's where all my (laughs) drinks live now um it's one of those pre-made ones and it's super good but it is not something i could drink like for hours and hours because it's a little yeah. too sweet a little too sweet for me mm. but they're Which good just to it, like though? change it up you know is it the cut water ones um it is it just says mule oh no it's not oh <laughs> there's no brand uh mule 20 huh. is what it's called. are there other flavors i don't know Lex bought them for oh me. oh okay I, I had, so like, Listen, I haven't been to a grocery store and I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Get the delivery. <laughs> that Instacat. <laughs> now for like a hot minute, a few years ago, I was like obsessed with Moscow mules and we were always doing like different flavors. You know, we do like raspberry or we did watermelon once and it was really delicious. So I was just wondering. That was the whole story, huh? Yeah, that was yeah. fun. <laughs> Since I haven't been on here in so long, I forgot what to do. Stacey, what are you Sorry. drinking tonight? I forgot. I'm just I supposed to shut up. I'm <laughs> drinking. 
my Sophia Blanc de Blanc. Oh. That I got on my birthday. You fancy bitch. I love it so much. That's where my fancy ribbon came from that's now tied around Piper's neck. Erin, <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking when I was in California, Jackie. <laughs> bought me a bottle of hanger one rose vodka and i am drinking it straight tonight folks damn girl little, what could go little, wrong with this but <laughs> i didn't have a full glass i didn't have a full glass it's fine i only had like two fingers <laughs> did you i forgot to even ask were you able to were you able to fit it in your bag or did we i have sure to was things? well oh. jackie mailed some stuff for me oh, okay i like i was like in in the guest bedroom like weighing my clothes like which which weighs more oh this jacket definitely this jacket my my hair dryer went in there you know I was just like I won't need to dry my hair when I get home (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was like and I was two pounds over but I sweet talked the guy and he didn't charge me Oh, um, still got it. That's what happens. Yes, that's what still happens. got it. Did still you just start it. crying? And he was like, please go away. I, I was like, charge. how much do I owe? And he goes, $300. I was like, all right. He's like, you were going to pay $300? I was like, well, I would never argue. Right, but also, like, what's your, what other option do you have? Right? Like, what am I going to do? Don't I guess take I your bag. Taken, I what's taken anything in your bag that's account? cheaper than $300? <laughs> right i mean the whole thing <laughs> let's be real i'll just literally anything in home. your bag you've got plenty of t-shirts at home right? <laughs> i do i do i have so many t-shirts well, uh, fine. it was such a fun trip though it was so fun i i think i like literally fell in love with california while i was yeah there. it was it was amazing to see it was all the, the vistas. vistas. It the was vistas. the vistas. That beautiful was, creation. Well, it was the company, yes, but it was like such like a zen experience. Yeah, first too. of all, also. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> we the company. Were fine. Yeah, but also like I just needed that like unplug moment. And we've literally almost had to unplug because the place we were at didn't really have the greatest like it didn't have service, self-service, and the Wi-Fi was spotty at best. And I literally was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm unplugged, man. Unplugged. It man, amazing. it did start out a little bit like a horror movie, so I'm really surprised that we came out <laughs> we of it. We made it okay. through. Yeah. We made it through. Well, you don't have to worry because it's always the, the minorities that are killed off first in the horror movie, so you would have been safe. Well, in that group? No. Yeah. Stacy would have been the one that would have been been checked downstairs. I was the token straight. She would have been been in the middle of a shower marching downstairs because she heard a noise. There were still more straight people there than gay people. Uh, Maybe. But the single one that I would have not made it through, guys. Or you would have been the only one that survived. That would have been a plot twist that I could get behind. Let's be real. (laughs) Kai is the only one that survives. Yeah. No, because sometimes... In the scary movie, the one that should is the one that goes first. That's true. That's true. I mean, I'm just saying we got there and there was a spooky ring. No, that's just spooky outside, ring. a spooky ring. And then there was a really spooky mask in our bedroom. Yeah, I had to hide it in the closet. You touched it. <laughs> it was funny too, because um Anna was like, Did you guys see that mask in your room? And I was like, No, what mask? And she was like, <laughs> Go in there and look at it. I looked at it and it gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I just got a bad feeling. And I'm like, well, we'll just sleep in there. Don't <laughs> like, Hannah, what are you saying to us? What? 
what is happening? And we went in there and I was like, ah! and Stacey's like, get rid of it. Get rid of it. I was like, I don't mean. I made her touch it both times. Both times. Well, because the second time you had already touched it. So why have I mean, both of us be cursed? Doesn't that, that's <laughs> totally, that, like, that's on par right there. On par. Again, I'm just trying to stay on brand, guys. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> oh, wait, can we talk about one more thing, though, about sure. that trip? Can we talk about the poker tournament? No. And oh, yeah, Stacey won. won. Yeah. Totally. Money. I don't want to say it's because you were the sober one, but I feel like it was because you were the sober one. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I definitely just, like, wore John down. Like, that was... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, totally. well, Erin yeah. was in tears. We knew she was going to be out right away. Yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, my God. I literally had, like, a nervous breakdown. I don't... Yeah. I, I don't know I've never seen someone so inept at, like, adjusting to something they're not familiar with. <laughs> just, like, I... Complete I'm so sorry. Mental breakdown. I, I apologize. I, I apologize. Stop really. fucking apologizing I, for everything. It's no, fine. but like I won. I feel birthday. good about it. Like I should have just like pulled my big girl panties up and been like, let's do well, this. I, I don't know if you were like under the impression we were transported into Vegas and we were playing for $10 million <laughs> and you had mortgaged your house to be in the tournament. But like, that's what I felt. The stakes like were not that <laughs> You know what? I'm married to an, a forensic accountant. I was real nervous. <laughs> what are you married to a forensic accountant no that i literally gail is i call her a forensic accountant oh Oh, the bank statement is there something we don't know oh my god my bad i i always say she's a server but she really works for the cia no no um no i was like oh she's She's an accountant scours our bank statements like scours them and i'll get like text messages like what was this us and i'm like yes it was me it was this yes it was me what about yes it was me and then like because one time she said was this you and i said no and she that was it like now it's like boom forensic accounting i call her uh forensic accounting llc (laughs) that's because incredibly sexy yeah i can't i mean she is a lucky lady i mean you know I, I, it's fun. It's good times over here. No one's getting anything past you guys. (laughs) PayPal? Who PayPal this? Uh, Gene? (laughs) Gene's the only one that uses PayPal, yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Zell. (laughs) All right. Everyone cool? Yeah. All right, before we dive in to trans issues, um, Stacey had a request to talk about the Oscars, and I'm going to limit you to 10 minutes. Yeah, you heard me. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about it because I felt like it was such a big moment. I wanted to talk about things we saw that, was, that were funny, things that you guys, what you were thinking, what you were feeling. And then I just wanted to cover some of the like historic things that happened that night. Cause I think there was a lot of stuff that got overshadowed, um, by Will Smith acting like a total douchebag. Um, so <laughs> I mean, do you guys have just like initial thoughts? Um, I didn't watch them. <laughs> uh, this really isn't, I know this really isn't Shock. my jam. So 
Yeah. I'm open to talking about it though. Here, I'll say okay. my initial thoughts on the Oscars. So I watched sporadically. I was like back and forth with it, but um, I, I'm going to let you cover the historic moments because I, I think you should Stacy, because you have mm-hmm. them all like laid out. So I'm not going to steal that part of it, but the Will Smith part, I was, I was horrified by it. I was just like, what? There are so many different ways to appro- to have approached that and still gotten his point across. Like, I just am very sad, but I'm saddened by it. I think what I'm more sad by is the fact that like people compare, like, because he, you know, got reprimanded by, by, you know, the Hollywood foreign press, like basically saying like, you know, what, you know, this is, what am I trying to say? Like, we're not sure people people are like comparing it to like the the me too movement with like all of these you know very um and and act act our directors actors that have been violent in the past and have still gotten they weren't violent at the oscars you know what i mean like i think that's such a such a departure it's like i get what you're saying i get that like these other people that have done bad things should suffer consequences that being said like none of these people got up and smacked a presenter or a host the, like that was a big deal that like that's its own separate thing mm-hmm. yes the me too movement existed exists and it's you know a big deal that being said this was also a well, big deal i just was like i was talking to one of my coworkers, and he brought up a really good point he just said like it was very obvious from what happened that like will smith not doing good, you know, like he was, he made up the point that he had to take like 70 steps up there and nowhere in that 70 steps was he like, maybe this isn't a good plan Mm -hmm. to, you know, hit somebody on television in front of millions of people. Um, and the whole thing, like, I have a lot of thoughts on it, whatever, like Chris Rock made a joke. Should he have made a joke about someone's medical, you know, issue? Probably not, but also like, He's the comedian. Lots of people got made fun of that night. Like, I don't know. I just have lots of feelings about it. Regardless, he absolutely should not have touched him. You want to go up there and take the microphone and say something. You want to talk to him about it backstage. You want to do any of these things like sure, you know, that would have been a better way to handle it. I was kind of disgusted with how it was handled afterwards. Like not even so much with his behavior and the fact that he did get up and hit him and his like screaming from his seat, which was crazy. Uh, also. So crazy. Um, but his like the fact that so many people were consoling him afterwards and he was crying and then he was um you know Jada's reaction now that they've shown that from different angles she doesn't seem bothered by it at all it's kind of just sitting there her son Jaden posted on Twitter later that day or later that night something like that that's how we handle things something yeah. along the this lines this is how of, we like, do it yeah this is how we mm-hmm. do it something along those lines which I was like Ugh. but also like he sat there and he smiled and he laughed and he cheered for people and he, you know, accepted his award and he was crying the whole thing. I was just like, whoa, this is like, this is an interesting form of privilege that we're watching here. Um, and there's lots of different stories coming out now too, about how it was handled, how LAPD was ready to, you know, come and arrest him and that the producer didn't want him arrested and that Chris Rock kept dismissing it. But Chris Rock is saying, I was never asked if I wanted him to leave or not. Like there's just a lot of conflicting statements about it. 
But bottom line, it seems to be something along the lines of he was asked to leave and he said no. Yeah. And then he not only went and accepted his award, he then went and did press. He then went to the after parties and was laughing and drinking and dancing and having a good time. And the whole thing is just very icky Mm -hmm. as far as like aggressive male behavior goes like it's just really and the amount of women that were involved in this production too that have said that it was like very very triggering and very like just horrific is is interesting to me um hearing that perspective of it because Wanda Sykes like Wanda Sykes was on Ellen the other day I was just gonna say did you say that yeah and she talked she asked her about it and she said the first thing well, first of all, she said she, she like went and changed real quick. She wanted to see Chris Rock, their friends, like him go out and present. And she kind of didn't realize what had happened. Somebody had to show her the video, but that she, you know, they were at the same after party. And the first thing Chris Rock did was come up and apologize to her because this is now going to overshadow that moment. Like the, if you're a comedian hosting the Oscars is like the Super Bowl. Right. Like that is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I really thought the three of them did a phenomenal job. I, I think so too. Wanda Sykes obviously my favorite out of the three. She's full on the funniest. I thought Regina Hall, they went a little too into her being like single and desperate kind of. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was just a, it was a lot of that, but I still thought they were funny. They were smart. Mm -hmm. They did so, so well. Right. And this whole thing just like, it just tarnishes the name of the entire event. And it's really sad and disappointing. And I'm going to say it and not just because of his behavior that night. I don't think he deserved to win. I don't yeah. think his acting was better than everybody else in that category. I think Andrew Garfield should have won. I think he was robbed. Yeah, I think I kind of well, feel the same way. I didn't I, really. I also think like and it was okay. The whole thing about comedy is it, comedy is a form of art. It is a medium, a media that we use, uh, media medium that we use, <laughs> and like it. Of course, it's it's dependent on who's listening to it, whether or not you think it's funny. Some people think certain jokes are funny. Some people think it's offensive. Like some people think Dave Chappelle goes too far. Other people, you know, write it off as jokes. Like, I mean, um, Kathy Griffin lost her entire career over that, that thing she did with Trump's head. Like it's so dependent on your perspective, but Mm -hmm. here's the thing about the comment that Chris Rock made. I've heard way worse jokes at these shows also yeah i understand that it could have it could have been construed as offensive it also um i don't know being compared to demi moore is not the worst that's right like like, first of all jada looks hot right jada looks fantastic too like I would totally watch her and G.I. Jane. It too. wasn't like, like he, he compared her to like uh, Dr. X or whatever from X. Like yeah, what's his name? Right, Magneto or whatever. Right, like right. it wasn't. Uh, Professor Xavier. Yeah, whatever. Magneto, but it just, I, I don't know. It, X-Men's not my thing. But it just didn't seem that bad to me. I didn't either. Not to elicit that, that kind of response. Like there's something snapping there because he laughed and thought it was funny and then looked over at Jada and clearly she didn't like it. Which, like, I get. Like, nobody wants to be made fun of for, for sure. a, anything. But be something you can't control, sure. Like, that's understandable. She's been very public about, you know, her mm-hmm. her dealing with alopecia and that kind of stuff. But, like, also, that's a crazy reaction to have, too. Right? Such a, what I thought was kind of mild joke. Yeah, there are definitely worse things. I wish someone would compare me to Demi Moore. Like, 
Come on. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, like, I, I well, beg of you. Here's the, <laughs> here's the interesting thing too, right? Like it's all just what like perception is from people that don't know people that don't know the people involved. Right. Because right. my, I was talking to one of my coworkers who had just read Will Smith's book not that long ago and her reaction after reading that book was that guy's an asshole. And everybody that knows Chris Rock personally just keeps talking about what a really sweet guy he is. But the perception I think is opposite because what I think is if those situations were reversed and Chris Rock had gone up and smacked Will Smith, he would have been taken out of there. Right. Because everybody because else assumes persona, yeah, right. that he's a, he's a, you know, a real jerk. Right. right. And Will Smith always plays these characters that are the good guy yeah. or, you know, this really driven, you know, black mm-hmm. man, which is yeah. great. And they're not bad roles. And that's but- what we just kind of think. We felt like this was an Oscar, not for King Richard, but for pursuit of happiness. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think he was robbed in pursuit of happiness personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about them taking his Oscar away. Like, I don't, if they're truly giving it based on merit, then he should get to keep it. Michael Jackson still has music played on the radio. He should not lose his Oscar when Harvey Weinstein and Woody Allen have theirs. 100%. Well, and just a couple hours ago, I'm not sure if you guys saw it because obviously like people have been busy and stuff. I happened to see it just right before we got on. He's actually uh, resigned from the, um, from the Academy uh will smith so he said you know they're preparing the disciplinary investigation and hearings and stuff like that and he said he'll take whatever punishment that you know whatever but he did resign because he you know he messed up and you know i think that's the right thing to do but i do think that you know a the memes have just been top-notch internet well oh done. my god i do want to well done i do want to so talk- like it's so true about though it. oh my god it's so true but the other thing that really and listen the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, I'll be honest. I was just like, oh, these, what the fuck, man? Like, I didn't really have an emotional Chris reaction Rock to it. Chris Rock handled that like a fucking Oh, he 100, he 100% yeah. did, but I did not have the reaction that a lot, I saw a lot on like Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, that's a thing that happened. Like, it didn't bother me. Who oh, I felt- I bad. was watching it, so I was like, what just happened? Who I felt bad for was once again- Serena and Venus Williams like get their entire storyline. This should have been a huge Mm -hmm. moment for like for their family, for their family, for the legacy of of their careers. And it gets Mm -hmm. overshadowed by something else, just as it did at the last award show that happened. Like, right. It's Mm -hmm. I felt I was just like, damn, man, these poor women can't catch a damn break when it comes to this movie. Right. Like It's just. I don't know. I also think like, I, of course, one gazillion think pieces come out right afterwards. Right. And you're just like, holy fuck, there's so many hot takes on this where sometimes Mm -hmm. I think like things happen and we don't necessarily have to have like a A discussion, crazy reaction over it. But the whole kind of concept of like, well, what do you expect when you're sitting in an award show that's handing out you know, awards for violence all over Mm -hmm. the screen. And I understand that, but also are we really going to pretend like we can't hold two things in our head at the same time? One of them is a thing they're getting paid for to pretend. The other is an actual real life action that has human consequences to it. Mm -hmm. Like, can we just stop pretending that, Oh, well they behave this way because movies are violent. Come on. 
If I that know, was the case, if everyone's reactions and and life projection was based on movies, the world would be a very different place. Like I just like I I I think that when stuff like this happens, a lot of the talking heads on you know news channels, and I don't mean like people talking like this, like having regular conversations, but not everything needs a fucking think piece. Like you just, you don't have to write 800 words about your interpretation of it. Talk to your friends. Sure. Joke about it. The memes, please bring on the memes. Oh my God. I'm here for them. But we don't need opinion sections. The New York times, the Washington post, like guys. Well, especially until all the information comes out. Like, I feel like it's more appropriate too, after the Academy finishes, it's like investigation of it all or, or whatever. But, but I do think it's bullshit that he was allowed to stay. And I don't disagree, and, you know, cause I'm an avid fan of the view. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be on the board of governors for the Academy and, you know, as an EGOT and, uh, <laughs> she should be in charge of all media in general. Um, and, and, you know, she brought up some points that I didn't think about when it comes to like remove removing him and that sort of stuff like a perspective that I hadn't thought of was the fact that it's also a live broadcast. And mm-hmm. so what would have probably made the whole thing a bigger deal is having some sort of major scene and him being arrested and stuff in the middle of this live broadcast. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah right. that might've made things worse. Like, right. you know, and I just didn't think that, you know, she's like, we put a live show on here every day. Like they brought up their thing that happened when two of the post tested positive, like after the show had started and they had to take them off air and it was like a big, big thing. So I was like, Oh, that's true. They are still trying to put on a live show and they have to do so with like the least amount of interruption. So, um, so that kind of made sense to me, but, um, but I did want to talk about some of the like milestones that were reached in, um, you know, at that Oscars, because it was, you know, it was a big, a big deal. And so, um, So one of the things that um, happened was that Coda was actually the first film produced by a streaming service to win Best Picture, which is like, just kind of shows you how the streaming services are like literally taking over all media. And especially when they get the buy-in of big stars and things like that, like like they're just kind of taking over. Um, And that um, uh, Troy Kotzer of Coda was the first deaf man to win an Academy Award for acting, which is again, amazing. And then my favorite situation of the whole night, Ariana DeBose, who I am like literally such a huge fan of, um, became the first queer black woman to win an acting award ever um, for West Side Story. One out queer black woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But also like, she's also like like Afro-Latina and they were talking about how supporting actress Oscars only two of them have gone to um like latinas and it was both were playing the same role that's really cool i know isn't that kind of yeah. but also kind of sad yeah that no, like is sad, but... in west side story the only role that right. you can win if you're right. a latina right um but well, yeah because remember like... they were like jennifer jennifer lopez should have totally been nominated for uh hustlers and all that too like <laughs> politely disagree no, I, I mean, totally, that movie was fine, uh, but like, she should have totally been nominated. I will fight Oscar you on this bird. nomination for yes. us. Oh, she did very good. And I'm not just talking about her fucking pole dancing, although that was hot. okay. But honestly, like, did you see West Side Story? Mm-hmm. It, like, 
Ariana DeBose is so good in that movie. And like, she's been in lots of stuff. She was in the Bronx Tale. She was in the Donna Summer musical. She was in Mm -hmm. Hamilton. She was the bullet, which the obviously best ensemble track in that show, but also just like one of the best parts. She's just a (laughs) phenomenal dancer. She was in the prom. She's a phenomenal dancer. Like so good. She was on. So you think you can dance like a million years ago. I think she was like 18 or something, but she's just a really, really incredible dancer. And like, she's so good in West Side Story. If you haven't seen it, like you should watch it because it's, it's phenomenal. Really good. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too, which again, just kind of gets, you know, pushed aside is the Oscars haven't had a host for the last like three years or something. So they had three hosts this year, all female, which was amazing. Uh, and I thought all of them did like such a good job. I really liked how they mixed stuff up, like how sometimes they were by themselves or they were in pairs or it was the three of them, but, uh, Regina Hall and Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes. So, so good together. Right. Like they were great. They were smart and funny and I loved it. Um, but this is also the first year that the, um, Academy Awards were produced by a black producer, Will Packer. And so there was a lot of like big monumental things that happened this year that were just. That have nothing to do with Chris Rock and Will Smith. nothing at all. Right. Those are the things that should have happened, like Mm -hmm. been, should have been a big deal. Okay. So moving on to our next segment, we are going to talk about, um, some of the misnomers and confusion surrounding the trans community, uh, when it comes to number one, um, adolescence, because there's a ton of legislation rolling downhill from not just Texas, but also Florida, boo, um, Idaho. Uh, I mean, there's not just to mention the 130 anti-trans bills that have been uh, attempted to be passed throughout the country in the last few years regarding bathrooms and gender affirming surgery and sports and um, I name an issue that you take for granted and trans people have been attacked for it for the next few years. So one of our listeners reached out to us and was say, asking to kind of discuss um, kind of the myths based around uh, kids and uh, hormone therapy and puberty blockers as it pertains to what actually happens um, when um, a minor or a child uh, is decides to start taking those puberty blockers and kind of what it means and what is... Uh, how that's interpreted by the general public who tends to lean against them. So um, puberty typically happens, as most people know, starting about the age of 10 or 11. Um, And one of the major issues that a lot of people who transition later in life talk about is how much easier their transition would have been had they been able to take puberty blockers and kind of stop that transformation. Because there are some, there's some attributes that are, are legacy, right? Like, even if you start taking, if you're a trans woman and you start taking estrogen later in life or a trans man testosterone, there are some changes that your body goes through in puberty that even with those hormone suppression or um, increase, your your body still developed differently. You're going to have broader shoulders. You're going to be taller. Your muscle mass is going to be slightly different. Like you're you're not going to be as easily presenting in your gender affirmation as you would have been had you not undergone puberty. So, um, there's been a lot of legislation to, to ban and prohibit puberty blockers. 
which is kind of baffling because doing, I asked our listener to send me some medical studies that she was familiar with so that, um, uh, I, I could read through them because I mean, yes, I can definitely scour the internet, but she is trans. So I assume she had some of her favorite ones or the best ones that she found to, to kind of send to us. So the one she sent us was actually from the Mayo clinic. And when I was reading through it, um, there were some things that I, I wasn't even aware of. And I didn't realize that even if a, a child starts taking puberty blockers, that can be reversed. Like it just buys them more time essentially. So let's say you have a 10 year old who is saying they, you know, I, I know that I was born as male, but I do feel, um, that I, I feel more comfortable being recognized as female. I would like to start presenting that way. Even as a parent, even if you are, if your child is unsure or that you're, you know, you you don't know what the right process is to take, even if you start taking these puberty blockers, one of the first things it can do is buy you and that child time to kind of sit in that decision and decide if this is something that they really want to do, because that's time they can never get back once puberty actually starts. So um, she was saying that that's one of kind of the most important things and preventing people from being able to take those blockers can be uh, devastating for parents, for kids, uh, for, for uh, the trans person, it can have, it can have lasting effects. So um, I kind of wanted to get your guys's take on why do you think, um, the misnomers are so popular and, um, like what, what is your view on how we can go about, um, kind of making people understand that even if you're against it, let's say that you are against the whole concept of it. What's wrong with even providing someone more, more time, because, they're not, you're not going to be getting gender affirming surgery as a minor. That's not a thing that's going to happen. Doc, surgeons are not going to do gender affirming surgery at the age of 11 or 12. Like the best you can get is, are these puberty blockers and be able to take hormones, all of which are reversible. So how do we get that information out there to, to, to stop people from thinking, oh, if a kid in my kid's school is doing this, that means um, you know, the parents are, are mutilating their genitalia. They're like, all of this misinformation is out there. What do you guys think about it? Oh, Lord. So I'm going to go first because I feel like I, I, I have like mixed, I have feelings. So one of the, so I do not know if it's possible to get, it's possible for us to get the truth out there, right? Like us as individuals, when we're speaking with someone who may or may not have all the, you know, information, like, no, look, here's the, here are the facts sort of thing, which that's how it starts, right? Like it starts with just a few people and then a few people more, and then it grows into, you know, obviously this is the truth now. Right. Uh, but I, I think that, and you're never going to get people that are so against like the transgender community to not think that it's, they think that it's wrong in every way, shape or form typically, right? Like if you're against it, you're against it for whatever reason, right? Like there are people out there that go, I don't, I don't really understand it. If they, if the person wants to do it, that's, or, you know, if that's what their heart tells them and their body and their mind and their spirit, that's what that tells them. Fine. 
I might not understand it. Right. Like there's people like that, but there's also people that are like, yeah, I totally get it. Like I get it. Right. So, but the people that never going to get it, they never want to get it. They think that it's like an abomination. Those minds are never going to be changed a, and they're never going to seek out the truth because what they think is already their truth. I just, I feel very passionate. I, I feel like there's a lot of anti-trans people out there that are these evangelical Christians too. But don't you think a lot of people are anti-trans because they don't really understand, like it's easy to get people to rally behind what is demonized as child abuse, which is how a lot of these bills are written, that they're, they're there to protect children, not where, when they don't realize that you are protecting a certain percentage of children by allowing for these treatments to take place. You know what I mean? Like you're protecting their mental health. Yeah. I mean, how many, I see what you're saying and I get it. But like, at the same time, when you look at like, look at all the information that came out about COVID everything. And there were still people out there that think that it's fake. So it's, it's like, you could, you can try to convince as many people as possible that, that may be anti-trans or anti anything of that nature, but it, at, you could convince them, but like, is like convincing, like you want them to believe it. Like the, look, the facts are there. The facts are there. But I just have this feeling that a lot of the anti-trans community is also that, that community that believes everything they read online. You know what I mean? That's, and that's, I think my biggest thing is, um, I don't want to hear your opinion on it. If you're not a doctor, right. Or a parent or someone who's trans. Like, I just, I'm not super interested in hearing your like religious point of view on it and having that dictate law or having that be a reason that you are going to judge parents and stuff. Like, like if you're somebody who's dealing with this, like talk to your doctor and that's the only person that you need to be talking to. But not when they're criminalizing gender affirming care. Well, for sure. But that's what I'm saying. They're criminalizing it based on religious beliefs. Right. Like I, I can't imagine and that's bullshit. Yeah. That some atheist out there is anti-trans. I mean, maybe I, I, anybody could exist, right? Like anybody can. So but it just, I just think like the, that community that believes anti-trans is wrong and no one should ever do it. And if a parent's doing, doing, allowing their kid to figure it out, that's mutilation. Like, I think it's the same, like, as you know, it, I'm a woman, uh, you, a man shouldn't be allowed to tell me what to do with my body. It's that same thing. Right. But I also think that we don't spend enough time focusing on the actual statistics of it because like the Trevor, sure. Trevor project, saw a 150% increase in crisis contacts from LGBTQ youth in Texas seeking support in just the years of 20 and 2021. Like that's an astonishing number. They also received 10,800 total crisis calls, meaning that they were on the verge of actually killing themselves texts and chats from LGBTQ youth just in Texas, 10,800 calls in over one third of them. And that wasn't even a full year. That was from January 1st to August 30th. One third of them were from trans kids. Like these, the criminalization of these issues is killing kids and they're putting, I I know you're, I know you're not arguing. I'm I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make people aware of other statistics other than just "Mm, that makes me uncomfy because you know what? Fuck your comfort and criminalizing parents for supporting their kids is insane. You cannot in one breath say that your kid has a right not to wear a mask at school because it makes them uncomfortable. And at the same time, 
doom these kids to a life of pure fucking hell. You know who knows mm-hmm. the, their kids better than you? Their parents. And to criminalize parents and put them in situations where they have to risk going to jail and being away from their kids or getting them gender affirming care that could literally save their life is fucking disgusting. Right. It's disgusting, especially when these treatments, these hormone blockers and these puberty suppressants are reversible. You can go through, if you are, if you are 11 or 10 and you decide to take these and then let's say at 13, you decide, no, this is really, I do feel comfortable this way. This is how I'm going to continue to live. You can continue to learn about it. You can continue to talk to doctors. You can continue down that path. If at 13, 14, you decide this, I, I don't feel like that. I think maybe I'm, I'm non-binary or what, whatever it is you decide then you can get off the suppressants, you can get off the hormones and your body will go through puberty. I, I guess I just don't see what the hangup is about like, mm-hmm. who, who the fuck do you think you are? Who do, who do these people think they are that they know what's, but like, are you going to walk into a preschool that, I mean, I have a kid in preschool. You know what I'm not allowed to bring in there? Fucking peanuts. You know why? Because a kid might die. Yeah, Am I, I supposed to go tell that parent? Well, I don't care. I'm serving uh, peanut butter sandwiches my for my kids. Butter, so my kid likes peanut butter. So fuck you. I don't care. Tell your kid to stay away from the peanut butter then. That's not how we act. Well, I mean, no. it is. But like, <laughs> you're talking about children. And if I had any inclination to be like, oh, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like, maybe that's too young to decide if I felt that way. As soon as I saw a statistic of 10,800 kids wanting to kill themselves in one state alone in a six month period, I'd be like, we need to, that we need to fix that. Like we have to stop criminalizing whatever is putting them in these positions to feel that way. I, I agree with you. I would be the same way. Stacy would be the same way. Like, because we all already think that way. Like I just, I, I just find it very hard to believe that the community that is so anti-trans that wants to criminalize a parent for doing the best for their child totally because it has something to do with the trans issue like that like they're not going to take a second to do any research because they unless it happened to them unless their kid came to them and said I actually think I am trans, you know, I would like to, 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 you know, I'm, I'm 11. I would like to be uh, in a girl's body or a a boy's body like that to me, like then that person will understand what, what they're going through. But if that doesn't happen, these people will not change their mind. I just, it, they think Christ walked on water for Christ's sake. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to change those people's mind. I, I don't care about them. I'm trying to change the people's minds who are on the fence and they get swayed by issues like um, banning trans kids from playing in sports because they don't want their daughters to have to compete against what they perceive to be boys, men, whatever. So, but, so here's the bottom line. That stuff's not real. Right. Those claims aren't real. And the opposition to it is based on someone else's religion. That's what it boils down to. Well, I mean, so the, the claims aren't not, I mean, there is a discrepancy when we're looking at as, but it's not as, it's not as drastic as they make it out to be. Right. And you know what? I used to be on the fence about 
uh, trans women competing in girl in women's sports. I was, I was very on the fence about it. Not because I didn't think trans women had a right to play sports. I was protective of women's position in sports. Now, there has been a shit ton of research that's come out in the last few years. And I kept saying, we need to do more studies on it. We need to do more. If I can see the science saying it, it, it does equal out that I'd be way more comfortable with it. And you know what? The science has come out and it is more equal. <laughs> like after one year on hormone therapy. Uh, so the main difference is like phys- in men's bodies and women's bodies is men have the ability to uh, create higher oxygen levels from their blood, the hemoglobins. So you're, you're in a position where men have better endurance. They're typically faster. They're typically stronger just because of the way their bodies process oxygen, right? They're 20% better at things, physical things when it comes to strength and endurance than women are. Now, if you start suppressing your testosterone and start taking estrogen, that dramatically falls off within a year, dramatically, which is why you see a lot of the NCAA regulations and the uh, Olympic regulations saying that a person needs to be on hormone therapy for at least two years to be able to compete. When you're looking at adolescents who, whether or not they're on hormone blockers or not, you're getting an entire swath of the country really, really riled up, really riled up for a handful of kids, like a handful of trans kids that want to play sports. And when they were doing these studies, one of the things I found super interesting was the study was conducted by a trans woman, which I really appreciated. Uh, And she, she goes in, I read so many studies on this. She goes into it and says, it's really hard to do a full study because there aren't a ton of trans athletes out there. And I can't necessarily compare them to the elite athletes. So when you see these comparisons, you're seeing typical cis women and their athletic capabilities. And what was interesting is even these elite trans athletes were pretty on par with typical cis women who haven't been training for 15 years to be runners and jumpers and swimmers and all of these things. So they could, their strength was the same. Their, their pushups capability was the same. Their sit-up capability was the same. The only difference is trans women, even after two years of hormone therapy remain 12% faster than cis women. But here's the thing, elite athletes, Females, cis females are 29% faster than cis, just typical female runners. So comparing those two, even if you're saying, well, a trans woman's already 12% faster than a cis woman, sure, but a cis elite athlete is already 29% fat. Like it just, it ended up not mattering when we actually saw the data on it. And I have since changed my mind about it. I think trans women should be able to compete in sports. There's no, now she does go on to say, this is a sport by sport thing. She doesn't know the, the evidence isn't there yet. The, the science isn't there yet to say, should uh, trans women be competing in things like rugby, like, or like full on contact sport. She doesn't have the data to support that analysis yet. Um, but as far as like, you look at Leah Thomas, which ignited this whole fucking thing, which I don't really understand because trans women have been competing in NCAA sports for years. They've been competing in the Olympics for 20 years. Like 
the Olympic committee has allowed them to, to go for their spots for years because they test testosterone levels. They test estrogen levels. They test chromosomes. They do all of this stuff. Leah Thomas, she, yeah, she won, uh, the 500 meters, but she was still nine seconds off the record, nine full seconds off. And she got blown away in the other categories. Right. That seems pretty fair. Like I, right. That, that like if, she had, if she had broken the record and won all the other categories, you might be like, but she didn't, she didn't, um, she still did great, but she did. Right. You know right. I mean? Well, and then you look at the, the trans weightlifter in the Olympics who they expected just mm-hmm. blow away the competition. She didn't. Right. Like, and there was that one runner and I can't remember her name right now. Um, but the Olympic committee that they had all kinds of complaints about her, uh, in 2016, and they were talking about kicking her out. Well, it turns out she's intersex. Like what you, you start running down the slippery slope of who you allow to compete and who you don't. You look at Michael Phelps, who has double jointed ankles, double jointed wrists, double jointed shoulders. Right. His wingspan is longer than the average person. And he doesn't, uh, he doesn't create half of the lactic acid that most athletes create, which means he has faster recovery. He can stay in the water longer. Like, is that, should that be legal? Yeah. Cause it seems like he's superhuman to me. <laughs> he's built to be a fish. Right. Exactly. Which is clear because of how many, he has 20 Olympic medals. Right. Like, right. But just because he's not labeled as trans, like it just, uh, right. The whole thing seems kind of, but this is, this is how the the anti-trans group gets people riled up people who normally wouldn't care who are kind of like let let be who you know live your life it's none of my business kind of thing they get them riled up by saying well now they're taking your daughter's spots in ncw in division one basketball or division one you know swimming how do you feel about that that's how they're getting them riled up and i think the more we talk about it the more information people have well i think too like this is where we need more of this type of education at the high school level in the which they're banning. programs, which they're banning. Exactly. So it's like, these are, or maybe then it needs to be club level, you know, at club level, these things need to be talked about, you know, like if my, if my high school banned it, well, you know what? I also pay $500 a month to go, you know, do club volleyball. So I, I, maybe I'll learn about it there then, you know, like, I think you start changing minds earlier. We all know that, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you can, you know, start to tell people truths and facts, you know, over and over again. And eventually they get it, especially when they're younger, but you know, and then they like, but their parents get route. No mom, that's not the way it's going to be. You know, th- th- they could, you know, rattle off numbers, which would be great. So that to me is where it needs to start. Like to change people's minds now is going to take um, someone very important to at 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 you know individual whatever sport to come out in support of all of it. In my well, mind, I think people also need to understand. I, I think the story has been woven to say like, oh, anybody because they're spinning all these stories like, oh, well, what stops all these male athletes who can't cut it in men's sports just to say they're trans and go into female sports, right? Like, like which is insane to start with, but right, I don't think like people understand the criteria that? it takes to even begin that process. Like there's, there's even a criteria for, uh, 
getting puberty blockers. Like even if you started at age 10 or 11, like let's say as a parent, I'm so delusional. Like I'm so jacked up that I'm like, no, my kid, I have a, I have a son. Well, so far he identifies as a boy who is like, I want him to be the next great, I don't know, swimmer. Right. So I'm like, well, he's never going to cut it in men's sports. So I'm going to start transitioning in him at 11 or 10. Let's just say that that's the warped fucking world I live in. Yeah. Not only do I have to go into a doctor and say that they're also going to have consultations with him. And the things that he would need to prove are he has to show a long lasting and intense pattern of gender nonconformity or gender dysphoria, which means I have to prove for the last out of the 11 years of his life for the last six, he, he has been insistent on dressing like a female, right? He has been insistent that he's a girl. I have to prove that then, uh, I have to prove whether or not the gender dysphoria has begun or worsened at the start of puberty. I have to address any psychological and medical and social problems that could interfere with the treatment. I have have to enter, uh, have entered the early stage of puberty to prove that they're even in that step yet. And he has to provide, he would have to provide informed consent, which means a doctor would have to sit down with him and say, do you understand the changes that you're about to go through with your body. Do you, do you understand the process of this? I can't just walk in and ask for puberty blockers and, and start him on this process and get him some estrogen. Like that's not how it works. This process is long and drawn out and tenuous and painful and horrific. Like this whole idea of, well, what stops them from just walking in and changing their, their assigned sex? fucking everything. Do you know how hard it is to get gender affirming anything? It's fucking years of medical treatment and psychological treatment and and discussions and having to prove to people that you are who you feel that you are, who you say you are, who you identify as. I don't know a single trans person. Every trans person I know knows themselves better than anyone I've ever met in my fucking life. Right. because, Because they're question about it. They're interrogated about it and they have to prove it over and over and over again. Like it, the process that these people have to go through is insane. And to come in as a society and say, yeah, we understand that you have all these checks and balances in place. We're going to make it a little bit harder though, because now we're going to make it fucking illegal. Right. So it's just mind blowing. Right. I think too, like if we wanted like the word to get out, it needs to start too on these news outlets that are covering these things, you know, like the, the first person that broke the story that, you know, Leah Thompson, uh, you know, did Thomas, got the, yeah. Thomas, sorry, got the, uh, you know, won that, that race should have come out and said, you know, this, these are the facts behind trans athletes in the NCAA, you know? that's where uh, journalism comes in handy, right? You know, like that's, these are these things that should be happening on the production side. Like, so it's, it's, this is, this is the, the, the story that doesn't happen because it's hard to change people's minds. Even well, then you got dumb, dumb governors right like uh, DeSantis, uh, who's oh, down there saying, we don't recognize Leah Thomas as the oh, winner. Right? We only reckon, like, get out of here. You He's did, there just nobody wants to hear his opinion on anything, right? Anything. On that. Yeah, he can just anything. Shut. One, there were a lot of female swimmers that came out in support of Leah Thomas. Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were. They, but it does. When I was researching this, do you know how many trans athletes are currently competing in the NCAA? But you know why? There's mm-hmm. not the ton of press that's around them and no one's harping on them 
is because they didn't win the one game. Like they're all yeah. just competing at a normal rate and good for them. I'm not hating on them at all. That's right. not what I mean by it. I'm saying they picked the one trans athlete who has actually won something important since they, since trans people have been permitted into the NCAA and are now harping on her, her, she's not stopping anybody. She's just not, she got, she didn't even place in one of the races. Right. Like if, if it was, and if trans female athletes were so much better, they'd all be getting these, you know, these top spots, every single Every single, you know, every single time athlete. Mm-hmm. Also, time. so it's like the people bitching move. most about how this affects women's sports. I've never heard them talk about women's sports ever before. They've never given mm, a nope. shit about women's sports until one trans person won one race at one meet. Right. Get the fuck out of here. I know. Right. right? Yeah, this is this is literally the first thing that they've decided is a problem with it. So now we have to change all the rules for everything because of this one time it came up. Well, yeah, and what about intersex people? Right. What about what about people who are born with anomalies? Uh, Usain Bolt, he has what they call the sprinter gene, where Mm -hmm. he can carry twenty percent more oxygen than the average person. Like that one dude who he ran for 325 miles. He only gets tired when he has to go to sleep because his body produces zero lactic acid, zero. His muscles never get tired. Should he not be allowed to compete because he has an well, advantage? That's the thing. They're not, they're not consistent. Right. Right. It's just, it's picking and choosing what matters to you at the moment because it affirms your bigoted bullshit position. But again, I'm not trying to reach those people. I'm trying to reach the ones who just don't have enough information that they're like on the Mm -hmm. fence about it, who could be potentially voting. I don't think people realize how much trans people have to go through to even begin this process. And it definitely doesn't start with genital mutilation. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Get out of here. No, no minor is getting gender affirming surgery. They're just no, not. No, that's unless not you go to happens. like the same know, way women that are 38 weeks pregnant are not having abortions. Yes. It's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the God, same way people are annoying. The same way mm-hmm. Facebook hired a freaking Republican uh hit company to start spreading rumors about TikTok because they're using the losing the youth to TikTok. Mm-hmm. So they started a bunch of rumors on Facebook for parents to ground them from t- like that whole slapping teacher yep. thing wasn't even true. true. <laughs> Facebook started that rumor so parents would ban their kids from TikTok. I'll tell you, you know, what was true though was that stupid destroying bathroom was one. Here's the thing. Social media is the fucking devil because a lot Mm -hmm. of this, a lot of this information people get is just from bullshit memes that anyone can fucking create. Like I encourage people, if you're on the fence about gender affirming hormone therapy or puberty blockers for minor children, before you vote, read the studies, just read the studies about what it takes. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You read them, you, you look through the process of what people actually have to go through to even begin a treatment like this. You read what it takes 
And then you decide for yourself, because I think if you mm-hmm. actually saw what was laid out in front of these individuals and everything that they had to go through, you'd feel very differently about accusing these parents of child abuse, about accusing them of trying to force a specific gender on them. You, you would just feel differently because these kids are part of the process every step of the way. And the proof of it has to start from an early age for this to even begin. Also, it's fucking reversible. You can stop taking hormones. You can't undo puberty once you've gone through right. it. You can delay it. Yeah. You yeah. can't reverse it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, who thinks parents are doing this for fucking attention? Like, get out of here, Also, man. do you know how expensive this shit is? You think mm-hmm. they're just doing it for funsies? Like, Hell of expensive. God. Funsies. People suck. All right. So what is everyone obsessed with this week? Are you I like how us? every time I'll I say this, you guys, you look like either surprised or I'm not surprised. I just get nervous. I know run out of time <laughs> or that I have too many things that I can't pick one, but right. I'll pick two. Um, so number one thing I'm obsessed with is our little bird has been putting out her playlist. And when I tell you that all <laughs> I have listened to is the olive playlist for like, and I even like, I sent it to diva. It's always been listening to it work. Like it's just, <laughs> It's so good. Like every song on that playlist just speaks to my soul. So, oh, well, thank you. I'm so, phenomenal. I am very pleased that you've enjoyed it. Oh my God. That playlist is like, it really is a, it is a banging playlist. It, it is. is. So good. It's just such a good combination of like older songs, newer songs. And like, don't every, every single song, all of them. everyone, all of them. Every yeah, song. yeah. Yeah. They are it's, all very olive. They're so it's olive. Got some of my favorite songs on it. It's got. I mean, I don't want to say if I could turn back time is one of my favorite but. songs, but it's definitely my go-to karaoke song. <laughs> right. um, but like These Dreams oh, by heart, heart, I never realized how much I loved that song. Oh my God, and like, right? And oh, then you're like belting it out in the car. I mean, oh, I do it. So much. I right. can't belt that high. So I definitely, oh. there's a little mix happening. And her voice me. is so, ah. Uh, but God, like- before TikTok made it a thing, it's all coming back to me now is also one of my other like go-to karaoke songs. Same. Um, but as far as like favorite songs of mine, like Gypsy is one of my absolute favorite songs. And so it just like, oh. Uh, and I then it's, are you there, totally, is this you discovering Jan Arden? Yeah, I don't know. I have, um, what's the song that everyone knows? Insensitive. That, insensitive. insensitive. Like I know that yeah. song, yeah. but I did not know. Um, when you left me oh, and I literally had like a moment I had a moment with that song so sad I love that but song like so Midnight in Harlem is so good you uh, make me feel like dancing is such a good song like oh my god song. I just Free Fallen is one of my favorite songs like stars stars Grace Potter baby I just can't if and you then, have never listened to Grace Potter you gotta listen to Grace Potter like, like Water Under the Bridge which did not get the the attention it deserved until TikTok right. made it famous recently, but like, it's just such a good playlist. Like I'm just Thank obsessed you with so it. Much. I know I'm there's so two happy. other ones, but I just like really can't move on from this one. No, so. it's okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so my second obsession this week, and I don't want to say like obsession. I don't know, whatever was season two of Bridgerton. Cause obviously I binged that. Um, and I know Aaron, you're not caught up, so I'm not going to like give any spoilers. It it's is okay. very, I won't be, it's very different this season. Cause obviously like the books 
focus on a different couple, like a different member of the Bridgerton family, every book. So that's kind of what they're doing with the seasons. Shonda already said they're not going to go necessarily in the order that the books came out. Um, but this season is definitely more of a, like, not even so much a will they, won't they? It's definitely just a, like, I don't want to say Romeo and Juliet kind of thing because it doesn't have that kind of no. ending, but like where he's like, he's going after the, the, you know, the sister who's the diamond of the season and not her like illegitimate stepsister. <laughs> um, but there's definitely like the other bro- books have, you know, they're not all the same. Like the, the stories are like, there's different tropes. There's one that's very much a Cinderella one. There's, you know, so this one where the first season was very much like lots of hot sex right from the beginning. This is much more like just Calm. like, like haters to lovers kind of thing, mm-hmm. but, but it doesn't happen until like the second to last episode of the season. So there's no sex until the second to last episode of the season. Ah, that's a long time to wait. It is a long time to wait, which kind of sucks. But since we're already talking about music and obviously like season one of Bridgerton, like oh, just the, like the string versions of all of these songs like the soundtracks are just so good so this year or this season some of my favorite ones were um where is it material girl was there it was good dancing on my own which is just like dancing on my own such a good song yeah anyways. such a good song. um you ought to know which is great sign of the times which is like i love that song anyways Cause just Harry Styles, like that's a great Harry Styles song, <laughs> but the pink song, what about us? Yeah. Version of that. And it's so, so good. good. But also wrecking ball. Right. Wrecking I, ball the is wrecking ball is very so good. good. So, yeah. you know, it's Bridgerton. It's got fun costumes and I'll tell you what lady Featherington kind of, she's like the Chris Jenner she's of hot. <laughs> this season. Like, you know how they say like, whatever like what do they say like god works hard but chris jenner works or the devil works hard but chris jenner works harder or whatever <laughs> like that's how it is with lady featherington this season so buckle up bitches because right. yeah she's definitely trying to work trying to work some things out but you get a lot more of the history of like their how their father died and that kind of stuff and like man yeah it's <laughs> i wish there was more sex that's my review not an not it's just like sex. a life yeah all right yeah. zigzag paddywhack <laughs> All right. Did so you hear Zach me? <laughs> I think Jackie so. Zach me? I think so. Man, that was right under the radar. I know. So I have two things. So I've watched uh, Somebody Somewhere. I haven't talked about this yet, have I? All right. So Somebody no, Somewhere. Am I supposed to watch that? Yes. Okay. What HBO Max. It's uh, Bridget Everett, which if, you know, she's a like comedian, you know, very close to Amy Poehler. Um, they're really good friends, but the, the show somebody somewhere on HBO max was seriously one of my favorite shows that has happened. Like it's such a great show. It's a half hour episodes, like, um, a, an amazing cast. Jeff Hiller, Murray Hill plays this, <laughs> this part call. And the, the, the guy's name is Fred Rococo and it is literally literally so amazing this cast is just great it's just a great cast and the friendship between um bridget everett jeff hiller sam and joel it's just such so sweet so so sweet please please watch it it's 
so easy to watch, but it is so good. Um, and then the other thing that I just finished was Life and Beth, which oh. is the Amy Life Poehler's. and Beth was really good. Amy Schumer, it's not so, Amy. Yeah, Poehler. yeah, I'm sorry, Amy Schumer. <laughs> it's so good. It was good. Right. It was so good. And like Amy Schumer did a fantastic job. Um, I, I know a lot of people have like real mixed feelings about her. I happen to really enjoy her. I always have. I think she's great. I, I watched her documentary about her pregnancy. Like I mm-hmm. don't even care about pregnancies and I watched it. So that, but like I, her, it was, I really think Michael Rappaport mm-hmm. playing her dad is was so good. Flawless. Yeah. It yeah. was so good. I mean, like it's just so cute how they go. Well, not cute, but like really great to sh- see like her as a young kid and like how all of these like traumas that happened to her as a kid have actually really affected her life as an adult and just everything. It was very, very good, sad, um, mm-hmm. poignant, just a great show. So life and Beth and somebody somewhere. Oh Back my God. How you, hard Becky. did you cringe when he proposed to her though? Oh, I like wanted cringe. to crawl out and of my skin. And that girl that was just like always hanging on him, was her name Mary or something or Marie? Ugh. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Oh, you know what I like about Amy Schumer and listen, I don't always find Amy Schumer funny. I think sometimes she's, bleh. but what I always appreciate about her is that she is always unapologetically her. Like mm-hmm. you're always going to, even her crassness, sometimes her yeah. really out of touch kind of uh, low-key racist comments like she will apologize when she's wrong and she's always herself she doesn't care if you think she's gross she doesn't care if if you've read her books though too she does all of that stuff on purpose right I'm just saying that those are people's most complaints about her like I've always appreciated that she doesn't change who she is to fit anyone's narrative and I'll tell you what you want to watch something funny with Amy Schumer. First of all, her episode of uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. It's so good. So good. But also the cooking show she did with her husband <laughs> during quarantine <laughs> is so, funny. so naturally hilarious. <laughs> so good. Well, because so, like she's a comedian. He's autistic. Yeah. It's, it's just like the energy is just like. It's hilarious. It's just sublime. So I, uh, have actually watched something. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. Um, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. No. <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> so I've been trying to finish, uh, my newest book profile. And so my brain gets like, I work all day and then I write. So my brain gets like real mushy. So, um, I have actually been like turning off my computer and like watching, uh, I have to find like short tv shows because i just i can't it's just to like unclog my brain before i go to sleep minx on hbo i did not think i would oh. like it it's fucking fantastic it has oh. nick from uh new girl i and, love him oh my god i did not think i would like it because it's very much about like the porn industry in the 70s well like a porno mm-hmm. magazine that this like ultra feminist from the 70s really wants to publish a magazine and like he takes her in and under his publishing house he mm-hmm. is so quintessential like nick from new girl in it that it's just it's fantastic it's very funny i find him delightful and i don't say that lightly mm-hmm. about men like i think he's <laughs> just funny <laughs> and then um i've also been watching um uh the righteous gemstones which i did not that think i would funny. like what? 
I want to watch that. Super so funny. Very good for like unclogging the brain. If you don't want to think a lot and you just want to like laugh, like genuinely laugh, um, Minx is fantastic. And so is the Righteous Gemstones. Um, right so the other show that I've kind of been like watching off and on was um, that one on HBO. It's about the rise of the Lakers dynasty, which listen, oh, yeah. I am not a basketball fan. I'm just not. This, like, mockumentary. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I want to watch it. Okay. It's it's good. It's really, really good. The whole, like, the characters in it are good. I haven't stayed up on it as much just because it's longer and I need, like, a half an hour snippet before I go to sleep and these are, like, Mm -hmm. an hour long. But, um... They're, they're really funny and they're really good. So if you're looking for just like easy watches, those are, uh, mm-hmm. those are super entertaining. So that is what I have been obsessed with. Besides, I mean, obviously, which we talked about at the beginning, Aaron coming to visit, which was fucking delightful. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like the best. Oh, can I say something? Yes, I agree. Also my book. I was just about mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Please. Oh, okay. <laughs> please talk about it let me tell you guys about aaron's book (laughs) (laughs) um uh, the hummingbird sanctuary it's available on the bold strokes books website uh you can also just if you go to my twitter aaron zach writes you can just the first post has a link so um but yeah like i'm super excited i I fell in love with these characters when I wrote them. I, I love them all very, very much. Olive, Eleanor, Harriet. Um, they were like the perfect group of friends that I've ever written. Like I loved their friendship and I love each one of them for all of their many eccentricities. And it was just such a great, it was so much fun writing this book. And it's, you know, a little bit mixed reviews right now, but at the point I'm just kind of like, you know what, I wrote it and I love it. And that is it out, out now? No, it's just a limited release. It's just limited, right? Now. right? Yeah, Until exclusive. when? When does it come out? The 12th, April 12th on Amazon. We should interview her about it. Oh, I'm going to interject about she... the mixed reviews thing because um, your Pisces ass is, you won't say it. The reason I think it's getting mixed reviews is because, much like Erin does most of her books, she doesn't write in the normal box. So, I think you're getting mixed reviews because people aren't used to seeing a story like this and the people who love it, love it because they appreciate the uniqueness of it Mm -hmm. because it's not like other lesbian romance novels out there. Mm -hmm. Like you, you really did something different this time. And I don't think you should take those reviews. I think those people who are giving those reviews have a very like, this is what I like. This is how I like it. And I don't want it any other way, which you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. People like that. But But you know what I was telling her? The, the ones who like, don't love it. Don't not like it. Mm -hmm. They just have a hard time following the three characters, which I don't have a hard time with. But what I was telling Aaron earlier before we were recording was that I, you know, I always read reviews of books before I read them. And the same reviews happened with um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's way more people's point of view in that book because it's written like a, a VH1 behind the music thing. So they're constantly switching to a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were like, I can't follow that. So, I mean, it doesn't like, it's still fucking phenomenal. I, I really like, 
only because I haven't read The Road Home because I can't because I just have so many feels. Um, <laughs> uh, it's my favorite book you've written. Well, thank you. I'm very, I am proud of it. I'm not going to. You should be proud of it. I, I don't say that ever. So, you know, this is the truth. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of it. You heard it here first, oh, folks. Word. Well, it will also be available on audiobook here pretty soon, too, if that's it more actually, your jam. Out. Oh, is it? It's out. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. out we on audio already. Yeah, yeah, like it came out. Couple, <laughs> yeah, like a little earlier came out. So, so if that's more your jam, listen to it on audiobook. It's a great book. Aaron did a good job. This is like so not super related, but I'm going to say it anyways, because maybe people know, maybe people are in school. Thanks to audiobooks. Do you know all these kids that are in college listen to their audiobooks on like two times speed mm-hmm. while they're like driving and stuff? It's bonkers. What a time to be alive. Right? <laughs> and anyone who says listening to audiobooks isn't reading, fuck off. Like it is 100% reading. 100%. If you listen to a book instead of mm-hmm. actually reading it, you read the book. Like just because you want to be able to get up and do different read- things. Like, come on. But like when I read, I hear it in my head, which is yeah. the same thing as listening to something. Yeah, like I can like, I almost like read the words as they're being yeah. spoken. Same thing. You know? like, yeah. yeah. So how yeah. is that different? I hate when right. people are like, oh, you listen to the audiobook, mm-hmm. you didn't really read it. What the fuck does that mean? I know the story. Right. Like, get out of here. Right. Do you know that only 29% of people in the world or 20% of people in the world have an inner dialogue? That is mind boggling to me. me. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you think about talking to some people, <laughs> but, but I have a constant, like, like, like I hear a narrator yeah. constantly. Yeah, me too. I'm going to yeah. make some good choices. Narrator. Like, what do you mean? It's just make silence. Make silence. Like, like, I don't, you know, just like, don't hear. What things? is that like? Like, I can't even imagine, like, I wish I could turn my brain off sometimes. 1, like I wish that I could just be like, okay, anxiety, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like if you ask somebody what they're thinking and they say nothing and there's really like nothing, nothing happening. Like, there's like, what there's not even an acorn waiting to hatch. I, if I have one inner monologue happening at a time. <laughs> yeah. It's like ADHD. In That's there. wild. When me. I saw that on the TikTok, talkie, I was like, no way. But yeah, I guess it's true. Cause I've seen it several times. If you're times listening now. and you're one of those people, write to us and tell us what it's like to not have an inner monologue. Like, <laughs> You just I'm sure they words. want to know what it's like to constantly have someone Wait, in your ear. But like, <laughs> oh. but like you look at a word and you're just like, yep, those are the letters. And you don't hear the word in your head. Yeah. Wow. How do you make it? <laughs> how do you make it through the day with your coworkers without having like, do you just well, say like, everything? Like, that, how like, yeah. your, like, how do you hear your thoughts? You just think them. <laughs> but you don't actually hear the thinking. Happening. Like you just think. I don't get it. Yeah, like, yeah. you not, or when you say dialogue, is it like you don't Inner have like an argument with yourself? Yeah. <laughs> and so this you is know, literally like like when I like I'll I'll look and like, oh, there's a thing of honey. And I don't like I hear myself say there's a thing of honey. Maybe I should get that honey. Maybe I should put it on my smoothie bowl. Maybe that's enough. Like you don't think through all of those things all the time. I do. Well, yeah, I do too. We're normies. Hey, listeners. No, we're one of we're twenty percent of the population. And how did we all find each other? Is the question. I don't know. That's I'm saying. There's got to be a listener out there. Our inner monologues. We're like, I like these ones. (laughs) (laughs) Friend them. Yeah. 
Uh, that's it for us this week, guys. Wow. Sorry, we are a little rusty. It's been like three weeks. Aaron we'll be better next week. Yeah, we'll Aaron was stoned we'll instead of drunk, so she was a little. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just enjoy not being hungover tomorrow morning. For sure. No, that makes sense. Because you know, like I start eight thirty p.m. Well, yeah, and it's not like you're just gonna stop drinking. That's not in your nature. Right. I don't even know what that nature is. That is not my stream. Yeah, right, that right. That's not my stream. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Um, make good choices. Or you know what? Don't. Whatever. You do I mean, you. Whatever. Yeah. Just be safe. Be safe. Be safe. <laughs> don't add to the population. Don't subtract from the population. If you end up in jail, establish dominance early. <laughs> Make sure you know who to call for bail. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Fierce Fan Media.